It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipittv. You're listening to BGN Radio. Well, again, Matthew Stafford with plenty of time. Late hit, number 31 defense. That's what's going to go. Automatic first down. Late hits and hor- it's a horrible call. Where is the late hit? Correction, 27. Caught in the mouth from Jenkins. They're not sure who's hitting what. They're calling wrong numbers. This is one of the worst officiated games I have seen in a long time. This crew is not in control. What's going on, Bleeding Green Nation? Uh, It is not going to be a victory party for episode number 193. And you can uh, tweet all of your blame blame, uh, on this loss at Brandon Gowton because he was the obvious ringleader saying that this, uh, this... Eagles-Lions game is, is going to be a win. You can mark it as a win on the schedule. And I guess that's what happens when you kind of get into uh, these type of games where you, you're expecting um, maybe even a little dominance. You know, as it, on one side of the ball, at least you thought that the defense was going to come here and wreck shop. And guess what? They they didn't in the first half. And we're going to get into a lot of that, plus uh, some of your thoughts and, and questions and what's going around now and there's the Dallas that's kicking the crap out of the Bengals. Uh, the Washington ended up winning. Uh, we're recording this before, uh, obviously, Green Bay and and the New York Giants kind of go along here. But uh, yeah, I don't know. James Elser's here along with me. What's going on, bud? Yeah, I blame Brandon for the loss as yeah, well. I certainly didn't say the Eagles were get, multiple times that the Eagles were going to win this game easily. I did not. <laughs> I did, yeah. you, if I you heard that on the radio, on Sports Radio WIP, you were hearing things that didn't happen. No, yeah. man, it's... um. 
It's a crappy, shitty day, man. Like, what a what a, what a terrible way to lose that game. Uh, I know I'm sure we'll get into the officiating. We heard it in the open from Merrill, but, um, you know, I, I hate I hate to complain about officiating. I'm, I'm a big, you know, go out and do your job kind of guy, but, you know, 14 to 2 in terms of penalties is, is that's a big pretty disparity, steep. especially when you watch the game and so many of those calls were, were just so off and, and sometimes we didn't even get to see replays to actually see that it really happened it was yeah, and they were calling Fox. the wrong number and saying <laughs> it was this Connor Barwin got called for an the offensive ghost. penalty at some point it was just it was a it was a really really poorly officiated game and, and obviously the Eagles made mistakes as well and played sloppy but it's just frustrating when when there are other factors involved where you feel like you shouldn't have lost that game. Well here's what we're going to do for all the dads that are out there because you know we do mm-hmm. like to fire it up we do like to curse every now and again I'm going to give you five seconds here just to, just to, because I just got to get it out. Okay. So take five seconds. Earmuffs. Pause, earmuffs, corn it down, you know, whatever you got to, whatever you got to do. Uh, let's just, just take your five seconds right now. Fuck! 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 That's what I think about the end. That's what I'm saying. I'm trying to stay calm. There's so many silver linings here. They came back. They did all this. But Brian Matthews, fuck, man. Fuck. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> fuck. You know, it's in your hands. You're ready to celebrate. You're ready to go in there and be like, oh, my God. All right. It was sloppy first half. Hey, don't ever fucking sit Nigel Bradham if he stabs his own leg or does something really stupid. Why is Michael Kendricks out there? You know what? All that shit doesn't matter because your four-minute offense was good enough. You're going to punt the ball away. They didn't score any fucking points in the second half. And then what happens? Then what happens? Ryan Matthews fumbles the goddamn football. How do you do that? You're, you've been in the league for too long. And I know you're going to hear all the different stuff. It wasn't completely his fault. It was a team loss. Da, da, da. Bullshit. You have to take care of business. And, and that's what we kept saying leading up to this game. You have to win this football game because the schedule is not going to get easier. It's not. And you had to win that game. I mean, that that's that's right there in front of you. There's no doubt in my mind that, like, oh, man, I'm out of breath for just saying yeah, fuck so many times. Yeah, you should be. I, I Fuck everything, man. That's the way I feel. It was a, it was a, a game <sighs> they should have won, a game they could have won. Uh, and and look, a game they did win, but for Ryan Matthews making about as boneheaded a play. I mean, look, like you said, John, people have been ripping the play call. People are ripping this and that, whatever. That dude has to hold on to the football. I, the, uh, you know the situation. It, it would have been better if he had just laid down on the ground with the football than, than be careless with it. It's just, it's such an easy thing to to not do. It's a, it's a mistake that was avoidable. And the result is a loss, man. It, it's, it really is a devastating loss. Way more devastating than a, than a loss in Detroit should be. Keep calm and Carson Wentz. That's what I keep trying to tell myself. Keep calm and Carson Wentz. Which, by the way, and now on the BGN Radio Store, hopefully you see that on the show page today, is uh, just launched a brand new T-shirt because that's, that's still the silver lining here. You know, you wanted to see adversity from Wentz, and yeah, the end result was bad. You know, it's an interception Again, it probably it would have been a little bit of ticky tack offensive or defensive pass mm-hmm. interference. It was there, probably but probably could have been called. Yeah, though. well, but they were, you know they only called two against Detroit all day, <laughs> yeah, so that so. that would have been like one of the uh, the least uh, you know offensive non calls that they made of the day. I mean, the entire first quarter was Detroit's line was holding nonstop. It's just 
You know, and I know you get away with holdings, but if you're going to, I don't care if you're, if you're bad as an officiating crew in the sense that you make bad calls, but be even about it. Make bad calls on both sides. Don't just make bad calls on one side. 14 to two is outrageous. You can't tell me that the Lions only had two penalties in that game. That's a, that's a joke. Yeah, there's no way. And, and, <laughs> but I, and that, I, I understand where you come from. I don't want to keep harping on that no, because there are so many other things yes. that just make you scratch your head. Unless I've read something wrong. It, like you could say that, yeah, the the Bradham thing in the first half with them not playing him a, a lot was a form of punishment. But Hicks wasn't out there either. And when I heard Doug's press conference, almost kind of just skip over that part where they mm-hmm. didn't really get into it that much. So if you're if you were really saying Kendrick and Tulloch are going to lead you in for the first half. What the fuck were you thinking? What, what, where does that come? Who, whose you idea saw is that? This, you saw the game tape from last it's year. A, exactly. It was very blatant. And not just that, from what we have seen so far this season, both Bradham and Hicks have been so much better. It, it, it makes no sense. And they said, it, oh, with rotation, we're trying, trying something different out. I actually heard them say we're trying something different out. What the fuck is that? You just held the Steelers to three points. Why try something different out? It's just <laughs> ridiculous. Hey, this has been working really well. Let's change it up and yeah. just see it and throw it out Let's there. Let's just try something different. Um, honestly, I tweeted this. I, I do think it was true, though. After that second half, I don't think Jim Schwartz did a, a thing. I think he just <laughs> he walked into the locker room, he took a knife out, and he just stuck it in the locker room wall and walked away. Because then they did come out in the second half and just light everybody on fire. I mean, they couldn't get anything going. It was a lot of three and outs. Uh, and and Wentz responded, and so did the offense. Mm-hmm. That first drive in the second half was a beautiful thing to watch. Yep. It was right down there. It was five minutes, 75 yards, whatever. Uh, you know, a touchdown, and hey, look, Josh Huff remembered how to catch a football, <laughs> and there you go. It was a good – it was a great play call, and that's what I, I – that's some the, some of the early stuff that we're hearing is like, yeah, that wasn't the, wasn't the greatest game plan by Doug Peterson. I don't know what people are talking about. I thought it was – other than – you can nitpick about a couple of calls. A third play two here with, and there, with, sure. With Matthews, but overall I thought he called a, a pretty good game. I really – I mean, like this is – this really is on Jim Shorts mostly yeah. and Ryan Matthews. Like that's that's and the that's refs. Where, and it's the really refs. those like, three. Like it really stuff. is. It's that triad of things. Matthews we talked about. Obviously the refs we talked about. And and Jim Schwartz. Look, he didn't. <laughs> it's frustrating too because how much time do we harp on Schwartz going back to Detroit? And this guy cares. Yeah, and saying, carried I, off I, the I, I told him there was going to be a body bag yeah. game. Right? Like I was ready. I was ready for blood. And they're just. There wasn't any. There was no discipline on that defense. There was no setting the edge. There was no, like, there were no fundamentals. And we, that was the thing. And we talked about it on the show on Saturday on WIP that one of the most impressive things about this team through the first three games was the lack of mistakes, the lack of mental errors, the, the, how, you know, um, how much they executed together. And that all went away in the first half on the defensive side of the ball. It was like, it was just sloppy. Poorly coached, poorly played football. Yeah, and uh, well, I mean, give a hat tip, hat tip to the, I guess, Jim Bob Cooter. And yeah, he had Jim a great Caldo game because they uh, they came out there and he said, you know what, we're not gonna, we're, we we're not stupid. We know this guy weighs five pounds, so let's do a bunch of counters. Yeah. Let's make it sure it's on the outside. And, it doesn't go through the beef of the defense, and you know, some of those things, even on the close, like the that fourth and one, where you know, Hicks, I thought played. Very well overall, but that was I mean, awful. That one where he's just sitting in the hole yeah. completely misses it. I mean, wait, Theo Riddick weighs five pounds. Like, 
put him into the ground. Yep. Well, they, the tackling period was, was really, game. and t- that's why I talk about fundamentals. Yeah. I mean, how many missed tackles are you going to have? That yeah, the what was the the long third down or when Theo is like the second effort and he ke- like what what is happening on these plays? Why uh, are you not wrapping up? It just was a very sloppy game, and I, you know I. I I'm sure the early bye week had something to do with it. It did seem like for that first half that they were just, you know, still on a bye. I saw 10 billion jokes about that on Twitter. Ten by yeah, 10 billion, everyone made the same joke, and it was it was apropos. But yeah, man, it was just a, it was it was a really disappointing performance from that defense today, especially after how exciting and how great they've been. Hey, I'll take uh, yeah, I'll take anti Andy bye week. <laughs> What, right? What like, is that about, man? Right? It's like, like you were Andy this whole Andy. time, and yeah. you can't come on, bro. The one thing you probably should take away from, but everything else. That's what I'm saying. Like he is literally not Andy Reid because no. he didn't win after the bye. And Look at that. He's so, Look that's, at uh, that. So I'll take so that. Anti, sure. uh, he's so anti Andy that he's uh, loses out of the bye, and that's where it's crazy to me too because uh, you know you get down towards the end of the game after the Ryan Matthews th- uh, the fumble, everybody's saying after they're they're dragging down and then there's the penalty that's half the distance to the goal line after the late hit or helmet helmet or whatever it is that they ended up calling which there, was quick. which was also a bad call but you know me and Matt Daring are yelling uh, just let him score let him score yep you I know said the take, same thing. take the timeouts and whatever they end up you know squeezing him to a field goal with plenty of time on the clock to go kick another field goal and in my immediate gut I just said this is the, the, it, Wentz is going to go down there I and drive so it too. down. They're going to dink and dunk and just hit the field goal and and, and hit it. But uh, and r- that just up real, happening. just real quick, the the in that process as well. Like I've actually come to really trust Caleb Sturgis. I think if they had given Sturgis a shot, he probably would have hit it. What he fifty four and forty nine today. The kid, yeah. the kid hits him. He's been very consistent. They had a real chance to put – he's got a distance. They had a chance to get to that distance in a minute 32, especially with a guy like Wentz who has been so proficient at moving the ball, dinking, you know, not necessarily dinking, dunking, but like finding the open guy and moving it quickly down the field intelligently. You would have figured that would have been what they would have tried to do in that spot instead of, you know, chucking it deep. Well, I don't – and this will be debated for the next couple of days here, but, yeah, that's exactly what you want in your quarterback. Go win the football game. Yep. I don't care. If, if your first two reads are covered up and he's the only guy yep. that's open and it available. wasn't a bad throw. It no. really wasn't. You know, it was it was an all right throw. There was a that little tug and Darius Slay made a great play. Like it, it, it happens. It might not have been the best decision, but it was not an awful decision or anything. It just, you know, it happened. Then those are some of the things that, you know, we've wanted as a fan base for a long time. It's like, no, take those shots. Yeah. Take those shots if they're there, even if you only need the feel. I mean, that that's what I'm saying. That goes the other way. That's that's your game winner. That's it. In one play, yeah, you're ready it's to over. Run. You run down the yeah. clock. You get it down to where you need to be, and that's it. And then you just yep. kick the field goal and go home, and everybody's happy, and you're four and zero. But the, you know, I, I, it brings me back to, and we got a lot of crap for this, by, by the way, last week where wide receivers were just other than Jordan Matthews coming out and making a few catches, more than a few catches, I should say, in the second half, and some pretty big ones there. This wide receiving core is just asleep. It is, and. You thought in uh, well. We'll wait on that for a second because the the next thing, the only plan that I will criticize is not going to the tight ends. What happened? Enough. Yeah, they had like a couple throws to Ertz at the end of the first half, made plays, and then it was like an invisible. And you can't tell me that those guys weren't open more than that, or or, or at least weren't. You should have game plan for that more. We talked about it all week going in. The Lions have not been able to cover the tight end, not just this year, but for two straight years. Yeah. 
and missing DeAndre Levy. It was just a really strange, like if, you know, I'm looking at that, I was expecting the type of, you know, not 15 catches maybe, but that type of game plan where Zach Ertz is your game plan and you are walking down the field just using Ertz and we didn't see it at all. Yeah, and I think that there, it, it's weird too because even though the times that it did happen, the times that even this, the few times they went to Trey Burton or, you know, the three catches I think that Zach Ertz had, you could tell like, Ooh, it's okay. That home run wasn't there on that play, but it's going to be there. It's going to be there at some mm-hmm. point. And it just never felt like they were kind of doing that. I'm not exactly sure what Detroit was doing. Maybe they were doing something different to take away the middle, but it didn't look like it to me on this first run here on the first go that we were watching it live. And, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of outside stuff again, which was there, you know, DGB yep. was kind of doing outside some things. screens, ton of screens, a lot of that, you know, inside handoffs to Sproles. It wasn't, yeah, there, there. It didn't seem to be part of the the game plan to to really attack those tight with those tight ends. But I want to bring everybody back to last year just for a, a quick second, and it, it's I'm I, I I'm not going to make a, a Sam Bradford diatribe here, but that was the same complaint last year. So there's you know, there's not a lot of change, and it was a lot of well, we're just not throwing the ball down the field. Now you're throwing the ball down the field, and it's still not hitting. It's still not there. You know there there's. There, the, and not to mention, I can't believe that the drop pass by DGB in the end zone. Oh, it was that brutal. Is, I don't care what kind of ticky tack pass interference is in there. You that's a thousand percent catchable. It was, right, it was right in his belly. There. Yeah, I mean he had his hands. He had a cut. I don't even know how it got through. It I mean, it like, didn't matter. They scored on the very right, next play, but right? Still, but still, but like, those just, things keep in my head and keep popping up. And it's just like, yeah, guys, I understand that offensive line entrenches, and that's been talked about in running back. I forget about that stuff nope. anymore. There has to be a guy. There has to be a pass catcher here. I'm going crazy. This is it's Even not as bad as it was last year, but it's still it's the motor still not running. You can't run this offense through any of your pass catchers. Yeah, and we've said it. Even even a guy like Anquan Bolden, who you know they could have had in the offseason, even a guy like <sighs> Would've that, been a lot easier. Yeah, guy you can just trust to make a catch. Like you don't have anyone on this team who in a big spot, a big, you know, third down or whatever it is, you don't have a guy who is your go-to guy. And as much Carson Wentz can only do so much, he can only put the ball in so many spots, you need wide receivers who are going to convert on these types of plays. They have to make plays too. And we have not seen any wide receivers. I mean, yeah, DGB made a couple nice catches and, and a nice run, but, like, we haven't seen wide receivers really step up and make plays. Yeah, and I don't know when that's going to be. Until they get new receivers, I think. Man. Seriously. <laughs> yeah, I don't want I, They're not good. Jordan Matthews is fine. The rest of the receiving court can go, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, long term. I mean, I don't know. Look, Aguilar, maybe he ends up being an okay piece, but... I have so little faith in this receiving core right now moving forward and obviously for this season. And I, I also wonder, too, along with that and just some of the running back, you know, situations where it's in there where, you know, Sproles had the, had the hot hand the entire game. I mean, they don't really have an answer for him at all. I just, I no, just, running and receiving. I mean, yeah, Sproles was, was a weapon today. Uh, there are there were some points where, you know, you, you think you would lean on that just a little more. It's like, well, they're not stopping it, so keep it up and keep it going. Um, I can't really complain about it too much because they were they were still doing the right things. They were still moving the ball. They were still like you know scoring touchdowns and in, and in, in, uh, during that second half and putting themselves in a position to win. But uh, I don't know. In this, it's more. I think I'm just more upset by the loss. And then you start thinking of all the other different yep. plays and things that they could have made throughout the entire game. And why did they do this? Why did they do that? We have that benefit, and it's all great. But. Um, I, it, it is going to be a serious problem moving forward because there. This is where I think it ends up happening when you get into 
the the tougher strength of the schedule is just there's there's still not going to be that playmaker on offense. You're going to have to rely on your defense a lot. And if it's anything like that first yeah. half, if Lane Johnson's not here, like there's going to be a couple of different holes where these guys are going to have to come together even more and and just play perfect football. I know that's impossible in this league as we just saw it right now. Yeah, no, and and I want to get to the Lane Johnson thing because Howard Askin had a a really interesting report at the end of the game there. Uh, but uh, speaking of, I mean, the other thing that we saw today too was. The defense had trouble getting off the field, and whether it was because of penalties or whatever, but the offense didn't have the ball a ton. You can't blame the offense for this loss. You can pick out the little plays like we're talking about, and there are a few mistakes, but on the whole, you can't blame the offense for this loss. This one is yeah, squarely is, on the shoulders of the defense. Yeah. It is, and obviously the external factors. But, um, I mean, that Lane Johnson thing, though, that was one of the more interesting things to come out of the game. At the end of the game, the last sideline report, they went down to Eskin, and he said that, because of the way he appealed it, I don't know the specifics, but it's either 10 games or none for Lane. Wow. There is no four. There's no going down because he, because he full appealed. It's something to do with like saying because he went to the arbitrator. I don't remember the specific way that Howard phrased it, but it's 10 or none. So that's kind of. Oh, wow. So oh, you're, oh, you're really at the cusp of like. Oh. So you would. I, that, that's what gets crazy is because. You would want that ruling now. Yes, let's you know. You take him out for 10 games, and he's there at the, the last two of the regular season. Potentially playoffs, whatever it is, yep. Ho- hopefully that's you know part of the discussion, and I think it will be. And, and that's I guess that's why the first silver lining I'm going to tell everybody out there is p- please don't start freaking out and be like, see, I told you this game, this team isn't as good, the quarterback isn't as good, you know, like all this stuff. You're going to hear a bunch of that, like, you're gonna see that Dallas is gonna is gonna go crazy here after they more than likely wrap this thing up against Cincinnati. Um, this division is still now. Maybe you got to give the Cowboys a little more credit on how how well they're doing and yeah. how this is playing. And if they're really gonna consider going back to Tony Romo in Week Eight, I think that's super super dumb. Right I think they're going point. to, but it'd be crazy. <laughs> Which is fine by me if they want to yeah. you know try and screw up all their rhythm and things right now. I think you just move on. You pass the buck and go, but. You know, I you have Washington next week. That's another winnable game, and that's to me. You have to have that one to must know? win all yeah, of a sudden, yeah, because, especially with them coming off three straight, and you know the, yeah. the finding a way to win in Baltimore today, which I'm happy about in the sense of now going to play them. Obviously, you know, ebb and flow of the NFL. You figure this game's going to mean a little bit more to the Eagles potentially. Sure, um, but you know the the frustrating thing with this is that, um, man. I, I'm so upset I forgot what I was going to say. Johnny. Well, here's what I'll say. Here's what I'm upset about is the whether – I remember, but go ahead. Uh, okay, go ahead. whether it is the – I, I, I guess it's – I don't know who where to place the blame. I'm just going to say it's on Doug uh, for the fact that I, I, if you have this extra week to prepare, uh, that really is disgusting that you kind of came out in that first half and just – Got your ass handed to you. Yeah, and didn't really adjust until no the energy half. Like, either. Just, no, everything's low, man. That's on. That's on the coach. Yeah. That's on both coaches. We've and well, we've given Doug so much credit for getting his guys ready for how well they've executed. Yeah, you have to take the blame and put it on him in this one. But back to your point about the NFC East and, yeah. and not bugging out about it. And look, this was a game they should have won, could have won, almost did win. It's a bummer. But look, we have seen very good teams lose games for many different reasons. We beat the Eagles, beat the Patriots last year. So right. the flukiest game of all time. I don't come out of this game thinking that Detroit was the better team than the Eagles. I just think that you know the Eagles beat themselves and and Pete Morelli beat them, and, and it happens. Yeah, yeah I, I I think there's 
Yeah, I, I, it's weird to me that somebody would actually rally around Jim Caldwell. You know, all the people that we talked to going up to this week were like, oh, yeah, there's fraction in the in the locker room. There's disparity. Nobody really likes him. A lot of people like him. Some people like the offensive coordinator better. They think there should be a change. Uh, but they did, and like he actually showed emotion today on the sideline. Well, wild! I've, I was it, like, oh my, I've never, I've never seen, seen anybody it. jump up and down so. I've fast. never seen him show like smile or frown, much less actually show emotion. I, I thought he was a statue. I thought he was a stuffed statue or a <laughs> uh, stuffed animal or something—a fu- human-sized stuffed animal. That's how much he moved before today. Yeah, apparently, uh, apparently not. But yeah, I think there's there's something to that, James. And there's just you know. It's it's in Detroit, and I'm I'm not making excuses. They should have won that game. Yeah. That's on them. I I I you know, and even even when James keeps bringing up the wrestling, like I don't even want to hear that this week. I get it. I completely understand. They definitely had an influential part in this, but uh, it, that team has to be ready. Yeah. You know, that team has oh, to yeah. be ready and ready to rock and roll. And they did take it lightly. I it it just seemed like they they were like, don't worry about it. We're good. And they probably would have. That's the thing. They probably would have. If they were to just held on to that football right at the end, you and ma- like you that's know? the thing too. That that just for it to happen that way, you almost wish they had just come in and gotten their asses beat rather than losing it that way. You know, not not you know, you don't want them to be bad, but I mean, in the sense of of just to have it go down that way, where the there was only one possible thing in that moment that could have beaten them, and it was a turnover, and to actually turn the ball over. And Merrill Reese said it, and I was like, Merrill, don't jinx us. And I can't blame Merrill, but he's like, all you have to do is avoid a turnover here. And yeah. I turned to Mike DeFury, our buddy, <laughs> and I was like, I was like, he just fucking jinxed us, man. Oh, no, yeah. Merrill. So, we love and it's you. not Merrill's fault, no, obviously. Like, And again, you know what? We've got to look. Th- this one is on the team. It is not anyone's fault for saying they were going to win. It's not the 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 fan base's fault for feeling confident. How, you know, all that stuff is bullshit. The Eagles themselves deserve all the credit for losing this game. And again, you know, the refs, whatever you want to say, but the Eagles, regardless of the refs, with the refs being awful, had this game and blew it. So that's all you can say. Yeah, and uh, it's it's really disappointing because they – it was right there. I mean, it was right there in their hands. So that was over. It was in Ryan Matthews' there. hands. Uh, that ESPN Fangraphs thing that they do. You know, it was they were eighty percent to win that yep. game, and it went from eighty to zero in. Yeah, well, it was just two and a half minutes. Just you know, with just that crazy. fumble, it went from like eighty-two to fifty-two. Oh yeah, something. that's right. And then yeah. it, obviously, <laughs> so it went back down to a coin flip. I can't. I can't believe it. But you know, so I, I do want to get back into. Just what we were talking about with Ertz, and uh, somebody had asked a question, or somebody on uh, the Twitter.com had asked, you know, it was like, what's what's the deal? I think it was uh, he, with bro- Matthews and Ertz, he said, yeah, yeah. just uh, combined, like, there's w- w- how long do you have to wait for all this to come? And obviously, there are injuries with Zach Ertz, and he's missed some time, but. You know, you think about it, nine touchdown passes in three seasons. You told me that. That's crazy. Or catches, I should say. And granted, passes. the first year, it really was a lot more selic. We didn't see Ertz as much in his rookie year as we expected to, but that's a low number, man, especially for a team without a lot of red zone weapons or weapons, period. You would think that Ertz would be a bigger part of that and, and have, have put up more. And look, the thing with Ertz, too, is that he really can disappear at games. For, for a guy who is such a potentially huge weapon for this team where we've seen him have 15 catch games and 12 catch games and all that. He can be completely invisible at times. And that's, that's not acceptable. If, if you're going to, if your team is, is Zach Ertz and, and Jordan Matthews as your best weapons, then those two have to show up, even though they're not good enough to be any team's best weapons. 
they got to show up. Yeah, and I know we make that joke all the time over it's like it's 2027 and finally Zach Ertz breaks out. <laughs> but, you know, it's and it's not I'm not saying that he's terrible. He's not like the he he really is incredibly athletic. He's got great hands and I don't know where I you know, I don't know where to kind of put him. I think he's just he's there to to just keep that carrot in front of all of us and one day he's going to break out and be this be this guy, but I just don't think it's there. I think he's just a very solid reliable tight end who can can block at times and is a threat in the passing game when he when he can be and when he needs to be. But you know, I I just there's it's not enough. This this offense is is not enough. And and again, it just kind of shows you the first three games of the season of how good that Doug called the game and even even this week how good he called this game and t- trusting in that kind of four running back thing that they kind of went into, which they didn't do in this yeah, game. Yeah, we they saw just Matthews, Matthews and Sproles. Matthews and Sproles. Matthews Where and Sproles. was he? I mean, where's Smallwood? Where's, yes, uh, where's especially, Kenyon I know Matthews is your guy, but, like, can we be real here? I mean, coming off that Pittsburgh game, you're going to tell me you're not – did, did Smallwood have, have a carry today? I, I didn't see it. I don't think he did. I don't like, think he did. You're, you don't give that guy a fucking carry after that game? Like, what, just to even mix it up a little bit. Like, what are you doing? Like that yeah. bothers me. That especially because Ryan Matthews and Ryan Matthews, I know the the fumble, but like he had some nice plays today. But it's not like he looked amazing. It's not like it's like wow, this guy is so good. I gotta keep feeding him. Yeah, and there's and exactly and it's the same thing with the eye test. Like we're, I don't know if Ryan Matthews is still dealing with injuries or whatever it else that's like kind of going on. But there is there's that burst that's kind of missing there too. And it, just the, the difference between him and Sproles was like whoa, it's like night and day. It's the same thing with the the other two running backs. Like it's just faster, and you don't expect Kenny on Barnett. Pittsburgh yeah, game. Exactly. You saw those guys come in. You're like, wow, they're faster. Uh, and you don't expect that from a guy like Kenyon Barnett at all. Like he doesn't, you know, he doesn't look like he's going to be that kind of a quick, quick type of guy. But then he, he gets out on the field and yeah. turns the edge, and the next thing you know, he's got seven yards. By the and way, that it, was the question was from uh, at twenty uh, mufc. OH, which is uh, Manchester United fan, of course, for everybody. A uh, a mouthful there. Yeah, it is. But uh, we appreciate the question anyway. And thanks for listening each and every week. And yeah, I don't know. The one thing we haven't done yet, James, which we, I mean, he deserves everything. Michael Kendrick sucks. Dude, he is. Michael Kendrick sucks. Hold on. I can call it back. I was going to mention it and I didn't get a chance. But when you tweeted out uh, your halftime tweet where you said, I I imagine Jim Schwartz went in there, pulled a knife (laughs) out, and stabbed the wall. I copied your tweet and said, I wish he had stabbed Michael Kendricks instead. Because oh, that's hey, how I felt. Geez, oh Sorry, man. I don't wow. actually wish Look he got stabbed. But the point being that, that that guy has no business being out on a football field. No, I, I can't believe. How like, did he get he, that? He I just mean, didn't. He doesn't. We saw flashes those first couple years. That, like there were spots where you're like, wow, that was a, that was a really nice play. Or, or you know, the blitzing. And and he is he has reverted. Like Not that I ever thought he was great, but he has reverted to to literally like borderline cut material like i don't what what purpose is he serving on this team right now and i you know you start to wonder and question like man who made that call who made that call last year because there was it's i don't know and i don't know you can't really say it's the the defense i mean a partially sure it's the defense that he doesn't fit in that well which yeah is crazy but he didn't really fit last year either three four four three everybody had him you know teed up as this this next guy that you have to the pay next, you know, superstar linebacker. I'm just lost for words. I'm like, God, oh man, he can't even get on the field. No, and he shouldn't be and there. He shouldn't and be on Theo the field. Riddick beats you. Theo that, that's Riddick the point. Beats you and beats you zone. bad. Like ah. be, be, you were not close on that play. You know what I mean? You had no chance to even make the play. It really seems when you watch this guy play that 
he is in the wrong place at the wrong time a lot. He doesn't seem to to fit well. You say he doesn't fit well in a scheme. It seems to me like he almost is whether it's a, a inability to you know to to comprehend or whatever it is. But he is he does not seem like a smart football player. Head full ever. of rocks. Yeah, ever. I've never been like wow, what a smart play. Never. Jordan yeah. Hicks does that all the time. And I think that, that when you know when he came in, it was it's very instinctual. He's to athletic a de- to yeah. a degree. I mean, it was there. I think he relied on a lot of that, and maybe just kind of. I, I don't know. Never I got don't, better. I, I don't know what happens day to day down there. I, I I would hate to try and like figure that out. Of <laughs> where where did it all go wrong? But the past two years, it's just been you know, the last year in this season. Now it's just it's just not there anymore. And even as even as a pass rusher, he's ineffective. Which is amazing because we would have said right coming out of last year or wherever we would have been like, all right. He might not be as good as we thought, but at least he could rush the passer. And, uh, and now, <laughs> yeah, and now that's just kind of like, man, I don't, I don't know what to do. Um, but the, the, the positives, I guess, that uh, out of this is, you know, just take a deep breath too. And it's just that nothing, uh, home, nothing is, nothing is fucked here, dude. Nothing is <laughs> fucked uh, because, again, like. We mentioned the division. I think they're they're still going to be. Now it's going to be you know kind of a one two battle. I don't want to hear anything about Washington. It's like well they're zero and two now. They're three and Washington two. Washington stinks. That's great. They, I mean, like you just saw it again today with Kirk Cousins just cannot throw a football. They at all. barely beat the Ravens. If yeah. Steve Smith doesn't get hurt, I think the Ravens win that game. Yeah, absolutely. Which definitely ruined my fantasy. It ruined days. mine it, too, and it, I'm pissed it, off about it. It also is ruining uh the, the Dallas game too cuz Andy Dalton gets two garbage touchdowns and look like that's that's where your your focus is to me is you got to stay ahead of Dallas. Can I now. just say something? Today yeah. fucking sucks. Yeah. What a <laughs> shitty day. Everything. This is the positive segment. Yeah, it's James, sorry. It's sorry. Everything. All right, here's here's my positive for today. There's only about 5 hours left in the day. Yeah, that's about, my fucking positive, there's okay? 5 hours. We all got to work Cannot and wait be for miserable tomorrow, tomorrow to start. I, I'm excited to go to work in the morning. That's how much today sucked. I was a little disappointed in some of you out there who are just like, well, now I can't listen to the BGN Radio podcast because they lost. Well, that's rude. Rude. Don't it's, take it out on us. Yeah, we're already sad enough here. We're freaking like crying in here for Christ's sake. It's right in the feels. Yeah. Um, I, I we're lo- the guys who actually have to record this and, and talk about how shitty it was. <laughs> Think I, we love this? <laughs> I, I will say to... The folks that wanted to see Wentz face some adversity, I know it was in the game-winning adversity, but you saw it. I mean, they came back. They, he handled he, it well, man. He, uh, at one point, left the field with the lead. What? Uh, and, um, you know. And, I thought he handled it well. Yeah, I thought he handled it I really well, too. I thought he played well, well on the whole back, period. You know? Yeah, I think they, Wentz played well. And that was the other thing, that, that the Lions had the ball so much. Like, they really did control the ball. The defense, obviously, a big portion of that. But as a result... It did feel like the offense, at least from what we've seen the first three weeks prior to this with the Eagles offense, it felt like they never really were able to get into any sort of rhythm. It always felt jarred, and they had those two really nice drives, the touchdown drives. And other than that, it just seemed like things never clicked for for the entirety of the offense. Yeah, it and it and it didn't. It just it was uh, you know it was very kind of in and out, and there were some things it did and some things it didn't. And again, I was just. As much as I want to rag on the defense in the first half, that second half D is what we were looking for. Yeah. It's what you were talking about. And uh, the range that, even though he did, there was a couple of times, I actually forget the player when exactly it was. I think it was just before or after they had taken the lead. Um, you know, McLeod, again, with his range is 
how Jim Schwartz feels so comfortable with putting him it's wild. way back there, and he's like still almost back, able to. Way back. He almost got to that interception. Yeah, that's the he play I'm talking so about. He was so far back. It was unbelievable, and, and you see him like darting up the field, and you're like, is, is, is he, he going to get to this? Is this possible? You know, and you're like, <laughs> oh, did. Well, If he, he was just like did. a half a yard up, and it would have been there. Yeah. How about speaking about the second half defense, uh, 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 hashtag dumbass, but who knew Nigel Bradham was so important to this defense, man? Wow. Like, Whoa. Like, whoa. I mean, he and, – and and you could see it, too. It wasn't just like, oh, he didn't play in the first half, played in the second half, they were much better. Like, you could see him making plays. You could see how important he was. He was always around the ball, making plays, one of the few guys out there tackling. Bram's a really good player. He's just an idiot. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, the Lions won time of possession by about 30 seconds, so – Obviously, if that's the other way around, the Eagles win that football uh, game. Duh, Mary, uh, right? uh, yeah, I, see, uh, that's actually the, actually that's the probably true. Finals, they, yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> they held on. They would have won it if Matthews didn't fumble. They would have won. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Always time of possession is <laughs> the most important part of football. Not the points, not the yards, not anything else. Yeah, uh, and it's it's crazy when you were talking about Bradham. Like, what the hell, man? I have never seen a guy just go from. Where he was in his career in Buffalo, and it's obviously that, once again, trying to judge anything about this football team this year is almost impossible because you're going off of, I don't know, past career. Like, it's not like, I shouldn't say that. I mean, he had a good year last year in Buffalo, but the previous two years, you're just like, yeah, whatever, yeah. dude. You're he just kind like of a, a journeyman. player, uh, yeah. Whatever. I thought he was going to be like McKelvin, which, rest in peace. Sorry, I'm sorry, Brandon. He came back, and <laughs> they, you know, he was there, and then he was gone. I actually thought... Uh, what didn't get talked a lot about was, uh, well, Nolan Carroll struggled today. I shouldn't say altogether, but the secondary didn't have Jalen Mills played well. Humongous gaps, and that was where I was going next, is Jalen Mills had a pretty solid game, and nothing really got behind him. Made, made some, some made tackles, some plays, too. Made he some made some tackles, goals. yeah. So, you know, it's still still young, some partially young squad still learning their positions, but Overall, it's just I don't I don't feel like this is taking a huge wind out of my sail. It's taking my week out of you know that sucks. Like this yep. week stinks, and now there's going to be a, a bunch of nervous phone calls. And be like, what happens if they lose to Washington? And oh my pants and ah, you know. And I, I just you, you got to we got to deal with all that stuff, and that's fine too. But I, I just uh, to me, I'm not going completely crazy for the next 24 hours. I'm going to say you know fuck a lot, just like we said in the mm -hmm. beginning. Because but. Honestly, like everything that um, it, one play goes a different way, then you're good. So they've, you know, they've they've had three impressive wins. They lost a. a I don't want to call this a tough game because it shouldn't have been a tough game. Mm -hmm. But they uh, they put themselves behind the eight ball. They got around it. Looks like they were going to take care of business, and they didn't. Like that's yeah. that's just kind of how look, I feel about it. They came this. out healthy. You got to be happy about that. No major injuries, other than obviously the McKelvin re-injury, um, uh, but. Yeah, it's just it's it's a bummer, man. There's there's really no other way to to look at it than it was a game they should have won. They didn't win it, and it's a bummer. And they're gonna have to make it up. They're gonna have to win a game that that you know they they probably shouldn't win. And and, and, and they I know they did with Pittsburgh, but yeah, that's kind of where we're at. Yeah. So when you know pick pick it out. I mean, the Falcons just beat the Broncos. Yeah. Damn. Is man. that over? Did they? Yeah, they won. Them? They're gonna. Holy that's shit, so that's man. that's gonna be for real. I was that's, sorry to everybody. To I was wrong about. Everything, everything this week. Well, I could not have been more wrong about everything. Were. We all were because even even with Glenn Maxwell and and uh, and Dan Klecko, as we're sitting there doing the pregame, we're like, yeah, this is the chance the the Eagles obviously beat Detroit, and then 
The Green Bay is going to beat uh, the Giants, which may or may not oh, yeah. still I'm happen. Sorry. We don't know I, I, that, I was pretty sure Green Bay was going to Now I feel probably like the Giants are now. winning. Yeah, get ready for the Giants. <laughs> OBJ is going for 300 tonight. <laughs> yeah. So, so the opposite pretty much happens. Dallas wins. Washington wins. The Eagles lose. Uh, Atlanta is a real football team. Uh, Buffalo looks like a real football team. Up is down. You know, like <laughs> cats and dogs. I, I just, you know. Uh, so, But with all that being said, it's just – I still think that they're the best team in the NFC East, um, and that might be challenged here when it comes to Week Eight and when it comes to next week. But we'll have to see. I actually, I, I guess I hate, I hate the term "good loss," but uh, maybe a better wake-up call to get your shit together. Maybe that's what the more or less it is. So that's well, not really good loss. But no, but we talked about. We even said on the WIP show on Saturday, and and I all of pretty much everything we did, we were like, this is not a trap game. The Washington game is a trap game. The Washington game no longer a trap game. <laughs> yes. A trap game coming off a loss like that. So, um, but yeah, I think I, I look if they are going in, if they win one of these two on the road, it's a success. I don't think you know we all hoped and wanted them to be going into that Minnesota game undefeated because Minnesota's going in undefeated. Yeah, but, they are. But um, and, and Sam Bradford another good game he, today. By he the way. played really well. He played really well today. <laughs> I will give it to you, John. Uh, he played. I had that game. I had red zone on below. Yeah. I'm, I have two TVs here where I watch the games with the Eagles. And and he played really well today. Bradford made some tough, manly throws. I was impressed. But So, so yeah, well, that's the other thing. Point that's, being, that's that, the know, other silver lining you win here. Two, if you win one out of two on the road, it's not. It's really not that big a deal. Beat Minnesota, but still have them go to the Super Bowl. That's like that's kind of the silver lining there, too. Because, listen, Minnesota's not going Minnesota's not going to be bad now. Minnesota's legit. So They're, you if are. I, if I had to pick, heavily. if I had to pick an NFC team to go to the Super Bowl right now, I'm picking the Vikings. Holy shit, man! Seriously, I mean, they are. Who else do you? I, I know mean, it's Seattle. Houston. Seattle and the Vikings are sure. they're probably the two favorites in the NFC right now. You yeah. have to say. Uh, and I think I think I think Minnesota eats eats the shit out of Seattle's offense. Yeah, that defense is amazing. So like it's so good. I'm just and blown. Mike Zimmer is an amazing. <laughs> yes, yeah, and and everybody's. Like, again, like we all win. We all win if Minnesota wins. Yeah. We all Who win. Knew? We Who have knew, wins, right? and then you can go get weapons. Like yeah. that's that to me is. Thank you, Howie. I apologize. And you know profusely what? We, we for everything. Yeah. Honestly, well, I that, no, that's amazing. We've said that before. I I couldn't. I, Howie, you are the man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you are the man, baby. He knew uh, that Sam Bradford was going to be so good that yeah. he uh, transferred uh, him on over for no. I don't know. No, but um, but regardless, Howie did well. But one, uh, and we've talked a lot. They have to get weapons, but. One guy who who does look a little long in the tooth talking about another position of need moving forward is is Jason Peters. He yeah. has not he has not looked the same. I know he had a couple good starts to start the season, but and played relatively well against Pittsburgh. But you could see it today; he didn't look good at all. Yeah, the offensive line was very up and down at at times. Uh, pass protection was there, then it wasn't. There was I mean there were a few times where Carson Wentz had all day to throw, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, there's. Yeah, it's a it's 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 an issue, and I don't. I'm not trying to poo-poo it again. Like I am still on the. I'm, I'm with point, you. I want to. I, I need. But a, still, I would. They need a weapon. They need this. Like when you have a guy like Wentz, you got to give him a guy to 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 work with. Yeah. To make To make some magic. And happen. you need an insurance policy for Lane next season when yeah. he inevitably well, moves over there. Real so. quick, real quick, just on the Lane things we mentioned it before. For me, and I don't know if you feel this way, does the fact that that he was willing to go for the ten row does that make you feel? I know it's scary that we could have the ten still, but does that make you feel a little better about it? About the the chances of him winning? Because in my mind, it's like he that's a giant risk to take because he could probably have gotten it to four the way this is all played out. That's a big risk. Like, uh, do, I, do you feel more confident that he, that he has a chance here? There was 
so when you first said it, I was like, wow, that's actually pretty ballsy, man. And you wouldn't make that move. And just like right. you're saying, the less like your lawyer was advising and all that stuff. But then I was like, Lane Johnson's still pretty dumb. Yeah, dumbass, for sure. <laughs> so I don't yeah. know if I trust his no, it's a great judgment. Point. I hope he has a good lawyer. I, I, Let's I, say think, <laughs> I, I think if there was enough pieces there, and listen, like I know we've all kind of said this too, and I'm starting to worry about this in general. This might be just a general comment on the NFL here. Fuck the NFL. Yes. yes. All right, because they are not doing anything to protect their players. And it's not it's outrageous. Just with, it's not just with Lane either. It's with a lot of different yes. folks in here. When you say that we have a list of supplements to do that from, and I know say, well, why don't they just go through the team? They do it in baseball. It's Nobody, just a, no, people it's don't. It's just Nolan Arenado. Like yeah, that's my argument. I'm like, right. everyone do the Nolan Arenado. He's the only guy who does it or that I've heard of. I don't get why more don't. But regardless, so there's that, and I understand that. But when you say when you have two different statements saying, don't take supplements, don't do that. And then have a list of them. But, Take but these ones. These, these are, are cool. pretty cool. These are great here but for you. But you know that even though we say they're cool, they might not be cool. <laughs> so that's kind of how it works. But that's, we're not going to touch it if you you get screwed up here. That's what the fuck. That's what happened. That's what happened here. And the, also, the thing that I think is being heavily underreported because nobody's going to touch us. Look, I, I'm starting to see what Mark Cuban was talking about as far as the NFL starting to collapse. So even the product like today where you have the different penalties, it just becomes unenjoyable at some yep. point. The taunting shit is so... It's a joke. Just, just relax, so, would you? This is the, an emotional game. Like yeah. These guys actually act out of emotion. Like It's not like they're hurting anybody. If, yeah, if you stop on someone or whatever, that's fine. But you're going to get... Like, they're throwing taunting penalties for people like making a muscle yeah, or like, it's just like shit it's like not that. Taunting. Do we know what taunting is? Like, celebrating is different than... Saying, hey, motherfucker, I'm going to run you over yeah, again. Like, it's like, eat my dick. Da, 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 yeah. run, run. But even that, like, you think Hold of, I, I think, like, guys like John Randall, it's what made the sport interesting it's and fun and, and mic'd up and whatever. So, aside from all that crap, too, the thing that's being heavily underreported is that there is this weird cahoots with the NFLPA, the agents that help these football players, because you heard stuff like Joe Jacoby Brissett. He's like, he negotiated his own contract. He didn't. Yeah, the NFLPA is an advisor there, yep. so they want to take that step out too. And I just think that you know they're more in cahoots than they are like uh, union versus whatever. I I, I think that which is they, outrageous. They've gone in an awful direction with that. I mean, I know we all wanted football and replacement refs was was chaos, and I I would really if for this sport to survive. I think everybody needs to strike again. I think you need to go take a full year. And renegotiate wow. the hell out of this thing and just put Paul. I mean, like, I will be screaming for football. Uh, again, we but, all would, but still. But I, I think that's, I think that, I know that sounds ridiculous. You're going to say, John, that's so stupid because nothing's going to get fixed and somebody at the end will sign a bad deal. Maybe. But I would rather see them try and do that for a year because I think football is on its way out. It really is. Well, look, if they have to uh, wait a year. Maybe to, not now, four, no, four or five years, whatever it happens. Maybe but. even more than that. But the point is, is. You, you're seeing a lot of younger people not play football where they used to. The, the concussions, all this stuff is, is really scary. I mean, you're talking about you know giving up a, your second half of your life in a lot of cases, and we're seeing 
Um, so you yeah, come up with a fucking solution. To that's that. what Would I you mean. Instead of that's burying I mean. it under so the they, fucking ground, yes. man. So th- they have to. They have to look at. They have to to make this game not only safer for their players, but they also have to give these guys incentive to put their bodies through this, to put their lives, potential lives through this. You have to have like a real fucking union, like baseball players. Those guys go out and all they have to do is shot around the base, whatever. And don't get me wrong, 162 <laughs> games is a grueling thing. I, you know, yeah. but like they're not fucking pummeling into each other and, and killing each other and all that stuff. And these guys have the strongest union on the planet. They can do whatever the hell they want. That's why they get 25 million, 30 million guaranteed a year. Yeah. Okay? Same with the NBA too. And I'll, I'll even say that the NHL is is the NHL who has had strikes and lockouts way more times yeah. than they it's, need to be. Yeah. Still has a better players union. And the NFL it's, it's does. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It's, it's really to hard me. to believe. It is when when they put their bodies through it and stuff. I mean, the fact that these guys don't have guaranteed contracts, like it's it's un, and I get it because of the way the sport is, but you got to have a better union. That that's it's it's embarrassing. It really is. Yeah, um, I it's guess it's not safe. It's I, not it's not fair to these guys. No, it really isn't. And um, you know, there's going to be a lot to unpack this week, and I'm sure that we we will continue to do that. Hey, uh, come hang out with. If you're in the Pottstown area, we're going to be around Tuesday night. Um, at, uh, I can't remember it for some reason, Jack Diller, Jackie. Oh, uh, Jack Cassidy. Jack baby. Cassidy. Boom! There it is, Jack Cassidy. You didn't Cassidy's. even have to look it up. There we go, from 7 to I 8 o'clock. I only remember because there's a Grateful Dead song called Cassidy. <laughs> That's why I remember. Oh, nice, nice. <laughs> Jack Cassidy's, uh, yeah, it's a, it, I've been told it's a very awesome, chilled out it's spot. A cool I've never name. been there before. Cool name. So, I like it. Um, if you want to be a part of the podcast, third mic is always open. We had our good friend Brian and, uh, uh, Albert hopped Lord, on with us. Lord Albert Lord hopped on with us last week. So if you want to be a part of sales guy John, sales, hopping yeah, on. that's right, man. Sales guy John was like <laughs> my guy, like John Gruden. He, over there, he was like he was talking like third defensive backs and yeah. backups and yeah, talking great. about colleges. It was awesome. He knew his football. I was impressed. Yeah, so that's uh, uh, Tuesday night, seven to eight o'clock, and then uh, you'll hear the replay obviously just after that uh, as well. Uh, just my final thought going out here, James, is uh, probably wasn't tough enough on the defensive line because they were awful in the first half uh, and then they went into chaos mode and really showed us something. Fletcher Cox like went into full beast mode in the second half, but I, I just I don't think I was harsh enough on the defensive line in the first uh, first half, so stop it. I don't know. There you go. That's my All final right, that's thought. That's a good one. Me. My final thought is, where are those Jim Schwartz head coaching rumors? Are they, still, are they still there? That's my final thought. Uh, there you go. Yeah, John DiFilippo probably still going to be the first one <laughs> out of there. So, uh, well, that's going to do it. It's been episode number 193 of BGN Radio, and we want to thank you wherever you are listening out there on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Please, uh, five-star reviews go a long way. Also, a big shout-out to our good sponsor, Clip It. Uh, it is the hottest app that is out there. 30-second HD quality clips you can share on Facebook, Twitter, and uh, really enhances your blog posts as we do that kind of each and every week. It is uh, available in the App Store on Google Play. It is essential. It is live TV in the palm of your hand. We're using it a lot today to try to catch up and catch up with fantasy. It's great for college. It's great for everything. If It's great for the debates, too. If everybody says some stupid stuff, there's a lot of crazy stuff that's about to happen, by the way, uh, in uh, in the United States. And there's uh, you can you know embarrass politicians as much as you want with that app, and that's kind of the beauty of it. All right, for John Barchard, for James Elter, we want to thank everybody listening to episode number 193 right here on BGNRadio.com and BleedingGreenNation.com. 